You guys ready? I got to work tonight. So I, uh, I want to take a few minutes to, to, tonight to discuss why the Bible says Jesus's birth is so important. And every year at Christmas, I pray and I ask God, God, what would you have me share with the church? And every year since we've launched the exchange, God has led me back to this one concept. I wrestled with God a little bit this year because I've preached on this same concept the last two years in a row. And God told me that I'm supposed to preach on it again. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm not here to toot my own horn and preach what I want to preach. I'm here to deliver to you what it is that God's laid on my heart. And so this concept up for discussion today, it's really one of the cornerstones of the Christian faith. And that concept or theology, if you will, is referred to as the incarnation. The incarnation. And as a church, we've spent the last two years reading through the Bible together. And so if you're a part of the exchange, you know, but if you're not, We've spent the last two years, we've read the entire New Testament together. We've read through the book of Genesis and about a quarter of the Old Testament together as well. And we've just recently bounced back and we're going to start moving back through the New Testament again. And the incarnation, it's something that is pivotal to every single aspect of our faith. We've been in the gospel of Luke over these past two months. We've been learning about the story of Jesus. We've been learning about who his family was, where he was from, the miraculous things that he did. But tonight, I thought it would be important for us to look into the Bible and see what it actually says about Jesus' birth. You know the saying, right? What's the reason for the season? That's why we keep Christ in Christmas. And for that, we're going to be jumping back into Matthew's gospel. Now, Pastor Dacia read these scriptures earlier, but I want to read them again. Matthew Chapter 1, verse 18, it says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. So this concept, or really just let's focus on this word, incarnation. It's not a word that we use often. Now, I'm not talking about what you put on your girlfriend's wrist when you went to prom, not a carnation. We're talking about the incarnation. Insert laugh at pastor's failed joke. <laughs> Thanks, Lily. That was a good one. <laughs> so, if you were to Google incarnation, this is what it would tell you. In Christian theology, the incarnation is the belief that Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, also known as God the Son or the Word, was made flesh by being conceived in the womb of a woman, the Virgin Mary. The doctrine of the incarnation then entails that Jesus is fully God, but also fully human. And this here is the cornerstone of our faith. You need to understand that Jesus is 
God. But Jesus is also a man. Jesus is God come down from heaven, born of a woman, but he is also a man with flesh and blood and desires and temptations. It's so important for us to understand that Jesus is not just this far off God, and Jesus was not just some good man. He was fully God and fully man in one. And this is what we call the concept of the incarnation. And this, in case you were wondering, is a pretty easy point of theology to understand, right? Everyone has a full grasp on it? No, it's not. It's something that many have struggled with. It's something that honestly is a pain point for many when it comes to coming to Christ. They don't understand how God could be born as a baby. They don't understand how God could come down in the flesh. They don't understand how he could then return back to heaven. It's one, it's one of the many reasons why people stumble in coming to faith. But at the same time, it's one of the many reasons why we do box church. One of the reasons why we decided to shift our church and to release them out into homes. One of the reasons why we attempted to put reading the word of God at the same place as coming to church was we needed people to understand who Jesus was. And you can come to church and learn about that. And you can come to church and experience that. But I'm here to tell you unequivocally that until you open up the word of God, you will never truly grasp Christ. Until you invite the word of God into your life, until you fill the well of your heart with the will of God, you will not truly understand who Jesus is. He is the word made manifest. He is the word come down from heaven. He is God in the flesh, and he is the living word of God. I tell our team all the time that the Bible is the only book in existence that you can read while the author is present. And if you are a believer and you've given your life to Christ, when you open up the Bible and say, Christ, reveal yourself to me, the Holy Spirit inside of you will lead you into revelation in the word of God. You know why many of us don't understand Christ and why many of us don't understand church and why many of us don't understand sacrifice and suffering for the Lord's sake? It's because many of us have come to church, many of us were raised in faith, but not very many of us have actually come to the Word of God, come to the Bible in faith, and said, Christ, reveal yourself to me. And this is the concept of the, the incarnation that I want to discuss with you tonight. So my hope is, is just to briefly present to you a different perspective. And the simplest way that I can explain the incarnation is that Jesus is the way that God became flesh. So watch this, John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who, became, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the name assigned to Jesus' coming in the passages is a Hebrew name pronounced Emmanuel. And Emmanuel literally defined means God with us. You see, our Heavenly Father knows us through and through. The Bible says that even knowing we would sin, He still chooses to love us. 
The Bible says that even knowing we would betray him, he still chose to die for us. And the Bible says that even knowing we would blaspheme him, meaning that we would speak openly against him, he still prayed for us and desired us and longed for us. So that being said, he created us. Listen to me, church. Don't worry about the kids' parents. If they're going to move around and they're going to make noise, don't worry about it. No stress. But listen to me, church. God created us knowing we would turn from him, but also knowing that he would be the one to save us. So in this moment right now, we are living both simultaneously in a season of rebellion against God, all the while his plan of salvation is unfolding for the world. So God knew we would run and that in our running, we would get lost. He knew that in our wandering and in our confusion, we would begin yearning for home because there's something about doing whatever we want to do that alienates us from our creator. He knew we would begin yearning for home and that in our confusion, we would realize we had lost our way and that in realizing we had lost our way, we would cry out for help. And when crying out for help finally turned our eyes towards heaven, God would respond. And what is his response? He sends Jesus. He sends Jesus, his one and only son, born of a woman, fully God and fully man. And I said this last year at last year's Christmas, and I, I was trying to say it in a more clever way this year, but I'm going to say it the exact same way I said it last year. If we were somehow to be privileged enough to be witnesses in heaven before the dawn of time, before existence existed, if we were somehow privy to what the Father would have said to the Son as he was getting ready to send him down, into a fallen world. I believe it would have sounded something like this. What is your mission, Jesus? I will go and I will bring them life and life to the full, Father. Who are you going for, Jesus? I'm not going for the righteous, but for the sinners. I'm not going for the healthy, Father. I'm going for the sick. Well, why are you going, Jesus? And he would say, the sheep are lost, Father. They need a shepherd. And I am the good shepherd and I will lay down my life for the flock. I must show them your love, Father. We cannot just shout it from heaven. We have to show it to them while they're here on earth. Listen to me, church. Jesus is not an escape plan. Jesus is not plan B. Jesus is not a reaction to your sin. Jesus is not a reaction to God's disappointment. Jesus was God's plan from the very beginning. He is God. He was there before existence existed. He was the prophesied one, the one David foretold of. He came to fulfill scripture through the womb of a virgin woman, and he was born a child and surrendered himself to the confines of our flesh. He went through every temptation we would ever go through. He experienced every pain and hardship that life has to throw at us, but he endured it perfectly to fulfill scripture. However, he was taken to the cross. He was given the punishment that we deserved. He was beaten 
and brutalized and then nailed to that cross and left to die. He then died, was taken down, placed in the grave. But guess what, church? He did not stay there. Three days later, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was raised back to life. He appeared to many, many witnesses to give them instructions on what was to come. He ascended to heaven and he stands now in the flesh at the right hand of the Father. And that is what we celebrate today, is that he advocates on our behalf. Jesus was God's plan from the very beginning. You didn't disappoint God because disappointing him means that you would have somehow surprised him. He knew you would sin. He knew you would fail. He knew you would turn from him. And yet he died for you anyhow. He knew full well that you would struggle. He knew full well that you would not fully understand. But he also knew that if you would just turn your eyes towards heaven and cry out to him, that he would come to you because he is Emmanuel, God with us. He is not some far off God. He is not some God who left his creation to their own demise. He is Emmanuel. He is here. And the Bible says that when two or three gather in his name, he is with you. So guess what that means, church? Emmanuel, God with us is in this room tonight, and I pray that God is glorified in every single thing that we've done in this room. Amen.